0: So is the banking sector really in bad shape? I mean, you take a look at the market earlier and you take a look at where the Dow was in, in, in the futures and there was a moment the Dow was down over 200, no idea where it is right now. $30 billion from other banks going into First Republic Bank, which is also based out of California. You've got the Swiss National Bank putting major money into Credit Suisse, never mind what I'm calling and what other people are calling the bailout of Silicon Valley Bank. If you are covering depositors beyond the point of their insurance, I don't know how you don't call it a bailout. I get that there are some people who are saying, well, technically, not a bailout. But I think to to the everyday folk, to the everyday Americans, it's seen as a bailout. And one that was received because it was Silicon Valley Bank. And as we've discussed, if it was East Palestine Valley Bank, no one would be talking about it. But these people were donors to the Democratic Party, donors to these people, and yes, they got a bailout. You say to me, Tony, that is so absolutely flip and glib. That is so conspiratorial of you to make that kind of statement. I think I am tapped in clearly to where a lot of America is on this subject. And there's there's anger, and it's not so much just under the surface. Tony Katz, Tony Katz today, good to be with you. Find everything, TonyKatz.Locals.com. The argument that well, the government had to do something, Oh, I absolutely despise that argument. That was the argument for bailouts in 2008, 2009. The argument of the government has to do something is the argument of we have to do something. Oh, my gosh, we have to do something about guns. We have to do something uh, about fossil fuels. They always call it fossil fuels. We have to do something about this and that. And when we say we need to do something about the border, they're like, eh. But we don't just discuss doing something. We talk about a plan, a policy, a procedure, an idea, a thought. That's not what you get when you hear these people saying, we have to do something about Silicon Valley Bank. We have to do something. We have to act fast. And because they utilize the do something and the act fast, they believe it gives them carte blanche to do anything. Because if someone says to you, we have to do something, well, something to them is different than something to you is different than something to me. And therefore, that means it's anything. Doing something means doing anything. That's what it means. And that's when things get wholly dangerous. So I don't buy into, well, we have to do something. Well, what is the thing? Let's discuss it. We don't have to rush fast into it. The bank is going to fail and people are going to get hurt. That much is true. But your rush to do something could hurt a lot more people. A tremendous number of people can absolutely be impacted because you want to move quickly. And why, the reason why you want to move quickly seems pretty obvious to us. You don't want us to be able to disagree with the thing that you do. And if you've done it, well, then this is the thing that we do. And therefore, it happens again and again and again. This goes back to Joe Biden. This goes back to President Biden and this, this radical statement by Joe Biden that they would do this again and, again and again and again and again and again. I mean, this was Joe Biden in his own words. I'm going to ask Congress and the banking
1: regulators to strengthen the rules for banks to make it less likely this kind of bank failure would happen again and to protect American jobs and small businesses. Look, the bottom line is this. Americans can rest assured that our banking system is safe. Your deposits are safe. Let me also assure you, we will not stop at this. We'll do whatever is needed. That's a
0: very dangerous thing to hear. I'm concerned uh, about this. The health of the banking system, I actually think that we are okay. I think there are clearly, when you take a look at First Republic and this $30 billion, well, why did they need the $30 billion? Why were the shares in such a a risky place? Exactly what kind of business were they running? Were they running it like Silicon Valley Bank? It's a worthy question. But when you hear the President of the United States say, we won't stop at this, we'll do whatever it takes, they're going to create some rules that don't work out well for you, me, and we. They are going to create some rules that allow them to take care of them. And if you say to me, Tony, since when do you talk like us and them? Well, since I noticed them talking like us and them. I see real problems on the horizon and these problems come from resetting rules that will have you privatizing profit and socializing loss. Oh yeah, that's an issue. Let's break down our brackets, which are already broken. This is Tony Katz today. Furman beats Virginia, Princeton beats Arizona, your bracket, (laughs) yeah, it's over. Tony Katz, good to be with you, JMV joins us right now from 93.5, 107.5, the fan, Uh, we're going to preview IU uh, and Purdue uh, tonight, and before we get to the bracket, the Colts finally making a move a move that i can get behind a move that i can say yes to uncle rico is coming to town garter mishnu the second is coming he is a cult he worked with stane steichen uh uh, shane steichen sorry the coach of the colts for two years with the eagles you like this pickup or is this just a bit of madness
1: yeah i think we knew that that was coming we had talked about that before too with veteran quarterback tony coming in here and you know, we don't know as of yet if he's going to be an early starter with regards to the rookie quarterback of their choice in this draft or if they're just going to go ahead and set that rookie quarterback free and have him start and have menchu be the backup. But they needed a veteran presence either behind him or instead of him for a time being, and in one year – and I think that kind of speaks to it as well. It's between 3 5 and $5.5 million, so I'm assuming there's some escalators uh, for playing time in that contract, too. So that's why they got him. He may be a starter. He may not, but it's a bit of insurance for what they ultimately do with a rookie quarterback moving forward in this draft. But, yeah, I find no problem with it. I'm, I'm a little uh, head-scratching about Paris Campbell considering the lack of weapons that they have even more so now. That was a bit surprising, but not overall, overall that big of a surprise, I guess. Wait, hold on. I
0: missed it. I miss, I, 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 I do other work besides this. I Paris what, Campbell I what, gone? I,
1: I have, yeah, I, the Paris Campbell signed yesterday with the New York Giants. So I think now on that roster, and you know, obviously they brought Ashton Doolin back, and that's great. He's more of a special teamer than anything else but there is not a great deal of experience in what that wide receiving room there wasn't before and there's going to be even less now so they chose to apparently go a different direction and paris campbell's in new york with the giants so we
0: are one step forward and seven steps back with the colts (laughs) one would assume i don't think there's anybody you can point to off, off the cuff, that is seemingly having a worse offseason in terms of moves than the Colts because I, I, I'm not anti-Matt Gay. I mean, welcome to the team, man. I hope you do great. But no one thought it was necessary if you had Chase McLaughlin. So what is the, the report card on the Colts so far when it comes to these moves before the draft?
1: Well, it depends on how you're looking at it too because, Tony, the Pacers did a similar thing. But they were open and out front with it. Rick Carlisle came on my show back in October and said, hey, you know what? Prepare, because there's going to be some trying months ahead. We're not going to be that great. We're going to have some moments, but we're also going to have some good moments. And, Tony, in December, if you remember, they surprised. I mean, hell, they surprised last night with what they did on the road against Milwaukee. So, you know, the bar was raising at the same time as they were growing I don't think you're going to get that from the Colts. Like, they're not going to come out and say, hey, we're trying to go back down to raise this back up again, and I think people are going to get lost on this. And it's going to be interesting to see exactly how many people are going to be, as usual, engaged with this Colts team, considering these moves and considering that the way it looks, their outlook is not one where they're going to be making a run at a division title once again. So you have a group, Tony. Of fans that are happy that they're going down and building this back up uh and then you have a group that says hey we've been ra- waiting around here for a long time your owners talked about you know multiple Lombardies. this is a bunch of crap and we'll see if we meet in the middle someplace there but that dynamic is going to be interesting as we move forward especially as we enter the season
0: talking to jmv from ninety-three five one zero seven five, 107.5 the fan he is the voice of sports in Indiana. We'll move it away from the Colts. And by the way, I, I, I'm glad that that he's coming, uh, Gardner Mishnu. Uh, I think yeah. that he can throw. We haven't asked ourselves, before I move on uh, to the bracket, where does this put Sam Ellinger?
1: Uh, one more time? I'm sorry, I missed that, tone. Go
0: where ahead. does this put Sam Ellinger uh, oh, in the pantheon I'm of this sorry. team? I thought he was a guy <laughs> that they liked, and they were happy to try him out.
1: <laughs> Clearly well, no. <laughs> they liked him. Jim Mercy once upon a time liked him, and really Let's face it, that's why he played, right? That's why he played is because Jim Rose liked him. I think they have they have fallen out of like as far as the long term future. They are all in on going after a quarterback. I just don't know where it's gonna be. And that's something we'll talk about in the future. Whether they draft this future quarterback at four or whether they take the best player available, if it's not a quarterback, an edge rusher, and then, you know, think they can get somebody of equal value, equal talent at quarterback at some point early in the second round. It's going to be interesting to see how they handle it. But, yeah, I'm assuming that the love for Sam Ellinger, outside of it being a terrific story, is more than likely pretty close to over. He may be you know, on the practice squad. I doubt if he's a part of the roster, but certainly on the practice squad. But, yeah, uh, his time to be a centerpiece on this team, and that thought is over.
0: Let's move it over to the NCAA. Let's move it over to the men uh, where you have the two upsets of upsets. Furman over Virginia. Princeton over Arizona. I got to catch that game. It's the first time Princeton has advanced since 1998. It's the first time Furman has advanced since 1974. Yeah. So uh, the seating committee get this all wrong? Or is there uh are, are these teams better overall than we realize?
1: Well, Furman's legit, Tony. Uh, Furman, and I'm not suggesting Princeton isn't, but Furman is legit. I think a lot of people had that as far as a first-day upset special. It was just Virginia that really screwed it up with the ball down the stretch and turning it over. What's interesting about Princeton is they just kind of fed into some of the legend that is Arizona disappointing in early rounds of this tournament and this is something for Boilermaker fans maybe to look out for Tony yesterday there was great play from the bigs because Arizona's a big team great play from the bigs and their guards stunk it up they stunk it from three-point range all around the floor so that's something I think Boilermaker fans can keep an eye on hopefully that dynamic is not at play with the Boilermakers like it was for Arizona against Princeton. By the way, Caden Pierce, you remember that name from Princeton yesterday? Right. Freshman, 6.7 rebounds, little brother of Alec Pierce, Colts wide receiver. The more you know.
0: Oh, look at that.
1: A re- reason to, to
0: cheer for Princeton other than being in Jersey. Okay. <laughs> yeah,
1: You can hey, share with that, that with your friends.
0: Share that info with your friends, buddy. So so it's clear that most every bracket in America is, is now busted, but yeah. we don't care because we've got Purdue at that 6 o'clock time frame this evening, and then IU, can State, 9.55 p.m., break down that Purdue game for me. Where do they need to be? Exactly what kind of production do you need out of Zach Eady? And in a world where top seeds or close to top seeds are falling, um, how much danger are they in?
1: Um, Dickinson is going to press like crazy. Um, what you need to do is put them down and put them down early and leave no doubt. Beat them up by 20 plus. Get your guys some rest and focus in on what the next step is going to be, either Florida Atlantic or Memphis. That is from a Purdue side. And then show some folks who can handle the press, because Tony, 6'7 and under for Fairly Dickinson, not a tall team, but they are going to pl- press the bejesus out of the Boilermakers later on tonight. And for both IU and Purdue it is helping around your centerpiece we know who the centerpiece is you get production around them Kent State's good sincere carry is a fantastic scoring guard for Kent State watch out for him but if Trace Jackson Davis gets help they should move on to round two and face either Drake or Miami of Florida so Help out your centerpieces is going to be key. Once again, we've talked about it all season for both IU and Purdue, Tony, later on tonight.
0: Talking to JMV and 935-1075, the fan, the voice of sports in Indiana. As for that IU game, Kent State is a four against the thirteen. I mean, uh, do you believe in miracles? It is absolutely possible for Kent State to take down yeah, IU. Yeah. I got to assume IU realizes there's a real opportunity and Woodson realizes this is the opportunity to further build this program, solidify himself and not have a question of, is this a team looking for a new coach in another three years?
1: I'll give you a little uh, a little uh, future thought here before we go. Houston won last night. Was not impressive over Northern Kentucky. They're obviously the one seed in that region. Their best player, Marcus Sasser, has a groin injury, which is not going to go away. They look like a mess for the most part last night. I think that, that it makes that bracket wide open. So if you can get to the Sweet 16, now again, that's going to be interesting. But, yes, you survive what you can against Kent State. Later on tonight, let Trace be Trace and get some from production help. Trey Galloway hasn't been seen nor heard from in the past two days. Uh, let's see him get something going, a little jump shooting ability going too, put pressure on Kent State, and then prepare for round number two and see where this bracket goes because this Houston team that we saw last night and we'll see for the foreseeable future is not the one that everybody thought could run rough shot to the Final Four. They are dinged up and did not look good. So I think that, again – will make that bracket, that side of the bracket, even more wide open and more interesting. I IU's just got to get help from Trace, and that starts tonight against Kent State. And as you mentioned, they're really good.
0: My thanks to JMV9351075, the fan, the voice of sports in Indiana, and it's Minshew. I sometimes confuse it and say Mishnu. It's Minshew is how you pronounce uh, Gardner Minshew's name. It's Minshew. Glad you're here, man. Welcome to Indy, and uh, throw many touchdowns. That is what we ask of you. As for IU and Purdue, I can't imagine there's anybody who will see their seasons as success if they don't make it to the Sweet 16. Like, if IU gets bounced in the first round, it's up, same old IU. There you go, we just put them on a pedestal and we we have all these hopes for them and just, you know, they, they don't have it. They can't do it. I argue, and my point to JMV was that Woodson needs a run. That makes people say, you know what, he, he has ramp, he has runway, and we're going to give him the next five or six years and we're not going to talk about replacing him as a coach. He did this. And yes, he's got a very good team, but he was also able to develop freshmen this year and start building a class. This is the year you got to be able to go some level of deep, Sweet 16 deep, to make people say, you know what, I want to go play for IU because they're going to bring me something. They're going to be a program you look at. They're going to be my NBA opportunity. They're going to be my championship opportunity, et cetera. So he, I think Woodson needs this not only for for program building, but for his own ability to just go about coaching day in and day out. He needs to be able to get this to be able to prove to everyone, gosh, you made the right decision. I have changed the culture, fundamentally changed the culture at IU and brought it back for a lot of people to what it was. This team is possible every single time it plays. This is a team that's going to play in March. This is a team that's not going to go to the NIT. This is a team that has, uh, that has legs, which is uh, from IU fans as an outsider looking in Exactly, exactly what it is people want. Exactly what they want. Those IU fans want that glory. They want to be like, "Yep, we've got confidence." Yep, this is what we expect. And then they want it to be matched. They want a reason to celebrate. As for Purdue, can I be so bold as to say, "Oh, I, I don't know if I will get screamed at for this, but I'm willing to take the screaming." I have zero. Nothing at all against uh, Matt Painter as a coach. Absolutely, positively nothing. I don't have a thing negative to say about him. He gets bounced in the first round. There will be talk. He also has to do it. You can't have a team this good. You cannot be the number one team in the nation for as long as they were. Have that touch of collapse at the end of the season. Then win the Big Ten and not succeed. Here. Here. No one will care about the Big Ten. No no one will, no one will care about it. That for this team, it's so weird. That for this team is like almost an afterthought. Oh, yeah, Big Ten. Eh, 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 whatever. Got to go deep. Now, I have them in the championship. Uh, in my bracket, which is uh, crap, <laughs> I have Purdue against Houston. Now, admittedly, I have them losing to Houston. Uh, but uh, I'm more than happy to be wrong. They're another team that has to go deep. And I think if they don't go deep, there are going to be people who be like, um, Can Painter get you over? Can he get you over the, the hump? Maybe some people say, Tony, you're being way too harsh. Number one ranking Big Ten championship. Come, come on now. You got Zach Eady. You, you, you better make this your moment. And that's all I'm saying. This is Tony Katz today so the question before us is is Ron DeSantis right or wrong about his position on Ukraine or really uh, better said Ron DeSantis's position on Ukraine has people saying whether or not he's right or or wrong, Tony Katz, Tony Katz, today, it's good to be with you. It's Ron DeSantis, governor of Florida, answering a questionnaire for Tucker Carlson, saying uh, that the United States, having many vital uh, national interests, including the border, our border, including uh, energy security and independence, uh, he's stating becoming further entangled in a territorial dispute between Ukraine and Russia is not one of them, meaning not one of our vital national interests. Now, this has people saying, oh, he's not interested in fighting or helping the Ukrainians fight their war. He wants to be overrun by the Russians. He's taking the side of Putin. The question, of course, is what is his point and what is the argument that can be made? I spoke the other day with Noah Rothman of National Review. Noah Rothman is in the camp of we need to help Ukraine because defeating uh, Vladimir Putin and not allowing him to take control of Ukraine is in our national interest. But there's still a question of what is our goal? What is the actual goal that we have? Kurt Schlichter joins us right now. He is a columnist at Town Hall, their featured columnist at Town Hall. His latest, DeSantis' Right About Ukraine, is there at townhall.com. His book, will Be Back, The Fall and Rise of America, available at amazon.com, wherever fine books are sold, and uh, Kurt, you're have you you're a man who served in the United States Army uh, as a, a colonel, you have engaged in training of Ukrainian soldiers, your, your take is that not that uh, we, we want an invasion of Ukraine, but rather there's something to be said for what DeSantis is saying, what is it that should be recognized as valuable here?
2: Well, uh, thanks, Tony, and, I, uh, and I'm a graduate of the Army War College. I, I literally have a degree in strategy, and that's why I, I look at Noah Rothman, who, who does not, and I think he's got some strategic confusion. We need to establish our objective, Tony. What is our objective? Now, we talk about vital national interest as opposed to just national interest, vital, whether it's worth life and death. Uh, does that apply to Ukraine? Well, we got to go back and look at the big picture. What's America's main objective right now? Main objective right now has got to be, and I think every serious people, person understands, it's got to be making sure that red China does not usurp American supremacy and become uh, the unipo- uh, unipower uh, dominating the world like America did for uh, about 20 years after the Gulf War. Uh, everything we do should support that. The things that support that are our strategy. What should our strategy be to Russia? And and guys like Noah, and I know Noah, and I, I, I understand where he's coming from, but he's mistaken. He's blaming, He he's focusing on personalities like Putin. Putin's a bad guy. That's unanimous. What's that have to do with the price of beans? The strategy to confront China and keep China from taking over our supremacy, should obviously be to bring Russia, if not to make it an ally, at least to bring it back in the Western fold. And I would argue the greatest foreign policy disaster of the last 30 years was not Iraq, was not Afghanistan, but the failure after the Cold War to integrate Russia into Western Europe. And then we would have a giant, powerful ally against China and take Siberia, which is full of resources that China desperately needs and right on China's border, and disputed by China, and take that off the table uh, from uh, China being able to grab. Now, I'm going to take a step back. Thereby making itself independent.
0: Let's take a step back, because you said something that I think for a lot of people, that's a whoa moment. How would you, with Vladimir Putin at the helm integrate russia how could that have been possible to integrate russia into western europe what does that look like to you strategically how does that happen well look russia
2: you know russia and putin have various interests one of them being prosperity look there, there are many different types of power. There's military power but there's also diplomatic power information power and economic power uh russia was allowed to descend into a, a A parody of true capitalism it became an oligarchy a a a a playground of the rich we didn't let that have to let that happen we didn't have to let the oligarchs take over they they took over and are able were able to exercise control because our banks and our investment people and our economies allowed them to do it they allowed these guys to play we could have made russia again, look, Russia's never going to be uh, a, a small town New Hampshire type democracy, okay? But Russia could have been something like an ally. And we didn't do that. Instead, we we we, tur- we turned against Russia. And for, for diplomatic reasons, in 2016, suddenly uh, the Democrats are looking around for a villain to blame Trump on. Why not Russia? So foolish. First of all, Russia... And to Trump or not intertwined. Second of all, to pump up hysteria against a country that we should try to have cordial relationship with. And again, I'm not saying Putin's a nice guy. I'm not saying it's a democracy. I'm saying we don't have to have it as an enemy, but we do have it as an enemy now. And we could have been in a position to talk through the real dispute in Ukraine, and there is, and it is a territorial dispute. Eastern Ukraine, has a ton of ethnic russians you Ukra- ethnic russians and ethnic ukrainians don't like each other it's slavic stuff you and i can't understand but it's real and there's a way around it that didn't involve putin sending 200,000 armored troops in the invasion was wrong the ukrainians are right to fight back that being said this fight is not in our interest it may lead us into actual conflict it's draining our money and our weapons stores and taking our eye off the prize, which is countering China.
0: Now, that's where it gets fascinating. Talking to Kurt Schlichter, retired United States Army columnist at townhall.com, where you can find all of his works and the author of We'll Be Back, The Fall and Rise of America. You can find that at amazon.com. Let's get into the China conversation, because I agree with you that China is the top, although I do believe that Russia is absolutely an enemy and always has been. And, and you and I disagree maybe to the, the extent on that one, but we don't disagree uh, about the China conversation. It was Major Mike Lyons, retired United States Army, who first brought up on this show the concerns that if the focus is on Russia and destabilizing Russia, do we then create for China the opportunity to turn Russia into a vassal state, which means Russia's still Russia, but every bit of it is controlled by China. You said take the eye off the ball. What is, in your view, or what should be, in your view, the goal with, with Russia? And where does China see its opportunities, and what do they look like?
2: Well, look, China said, Xi is going to Moscow next week. He's going there. And, and, and Lyons is correct. Russia is going to become a vassal state of the Chinese. If Russia is going to become anybody's vassal state, I would prefer it become ours. And it could be. And it could have. Look, Russia's got real problems with China. This is a fraught relationship. China's plan- China is, you know, riding a tiger, and that tiger's right next door to Siberia, which has all those resources that China desperately needs. And China wants those interior lines. China has to go grab oil from all the way in the Persian Gulf, ship it all the way around to the Pacific. That provides a huge vulnerability. If we go to war to China... The war in China starts in the Indian Ocean, where we stop those tankers. If they have the direct line through Siberia, they've got independence. So they have a huge strategic interest in this relationship with Russia. It's going to be a long time before we get Russia back on our side. And again, it's not, oh, we're bad people, we screwed up. Look, we, we did screw up diplomatically, but Russia was wrong to invade Ukraine. Russia caused this problem by doing that. We've got to figure out how to get a peace in Ukraine and then how to start bringing Putin back because it's not in Putin's interest to be a vassal of China. He would rather be, I think it would be better for him to be a wary but cordial uh, uh,
0: member of the West. And I, that I, is possible. I find that to be a so we've got to hard be one. we to be cold-eyed about it. I find that to be a hard one to figure out how to do considering when we talk about this ethnic conversation and I I understand what you're saying if you take a look at the Donbass region uh, Donetsk and Luhansk these are people who view themselves as ethnic Russians and Putin sees the opportunity because the one thing Putin doesn't have is population on his size a huge part of this conversation is about being able to add population because a country without population is nothing more than land for sale or for pillaging that's that's all it is. Uh, I, I, yes. You're discussing what what some uh, in, in the hoity-toity places refer to as the idea of the exit ramp, uh, the off ramp. How does Vladimir Putin get out of this and save face? Is it your argument that the United States is handling this wrong and the way to solve this is to find for Putin the face-saving moment?
2: Well, look, that's going to be a component of it. And who likes that? I, look, I, I'd love Putin to be humiliated. I'd love Putin to be overthrown. Those aren't going to happen without uh, extreme risks and extreme efforts. And they are not necessarily in America's interest. Putin needs a way he can get out of this war. He's got a, The Ukrainians need a way to get out of the war, too. They're running out of bodies. And no matter how many, how many shells we pump in there. Uh, eventually there aren't going to be any more Ukrainians to kill. There will always be more Russians. Um, Oh, good. Russia assault, a solid Russian economy will help their population problem. And when I say there'll always be Russians, I know about the population problem, but there's 200 million of them. That's a lot of Russians,
0: a far more than Ukrainians. And yes, Vladimir Putin has shown he will throw bodies at this problem, quote unquote, until it's solved. Uh, Let me take you off this for a moment and move you to one of the stories of this week, which was the drone story, that you have this uh, US drone, an MQ-9, I believe it is, and you have these Russian SU-27s, they're fighter jets, and one of the fighter jets decides to hit the drone, pouring fuel on it, knocking it down, sinks into the Black Sea. But, of course, the follow-up conversation is they didn't actually mean to do it. This is a provocation that they normally do, an encounter they normally do, but it might have just been pure raw incompetence that they hit the drone. I've made the argument that this was a real mistake from the Russians because it created the opportunity for rationalized provocation Against them, especially when you hear people like Senator Lindsey Graham saying we should send missiles at them if they try and take the drone back, which I admit, if they go after the drone, we should get rough and tumble. That's my take. What is your take on the drone?
2: I don't think it's in our strategic interest to go to war over a robot. If this was a uh, 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 an electronic surveillance aircraft with uh, uh, Amer- live Americans on it, that becomes a different thing. Uh, it's a robot. One of the best things about robots is it doesn't matter if they get shot down in the in the big scheme of things. You've lost a machine. You've lost some money. Okay. Uh, look, I, look I, I'm not a peacenik. I'm a hawk. <laughs> I, 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 I think military power is very I know. important to use. But I think we have – look, if we're going to send Americans home in boxes, okay? I need to be able to sit down with the mother of a paratrooper from the 82nd Airborne in Omaha and say, your son died because X, Y, Z, and have her go, yeah, I'm sorry, but I'm proud of him. It was worth, you know, it was worth him giving his life. And you could do that for somebody at Normandy. You could do that for somebody uh, at Desert Storm. Okay. And I I was there when that happened. Uh, you, You could do that in many cases. I'm not sure your son died because they salvaged a robot, That's, that, doesn't make, that doesn't work for me. I don't, know how you, I don't know how you tell
0: that to a mom. Kurt Schlichter, find his work at townhall.com, S-C-H-L-I-C-H-T-E-R. His latest book will be back, The Fall and Rise of America. Find that at amazon.com. You can place uh, that order today or wherever fine books are sold. Kurt, I always appreciate you. More is coming up. I'm Tony Katz. There are going to be a lot of people who tell you this story about Joe Biden and money from the Chinese. This isn't a scandal. This is just another uh, attack on Hunter Biden. They won't stop attacking Hunter. Poor Hunter. You know, he's got a drug problem and his father loves him so much. Do not allow any of that to sway you when recognizing that this is a story How the Bidens made their money. I mean, if that's not a made for television movie, I don't know what is. Tony Katz, Tony Katz today. Guys, good to be with you. Find everything. Tony Katz.locals.com. Tony Katz.locals.com. I I love it being able to have guests on who have very, very different opinions on on the subjects. And so you guys get to decide. I mean, that's the whole point. I have Noah Rothman on, I have Kurt Schlichter on. They see Ukraine very differently you got to make the call as to how you see it. I I know what I see. I absolutely believe you got to help Ukraine stop the Russian invasion. But if we don't have a a goal, really, what are we doing? This is why people are correct when they say exactly how much money are we going to throw at this thing? You can't know what your plan is until you have a plan, which really should signal to me, well, I can't be in favor of any of this until you tell me what the plan is because I'm not okay with just open-ended nonsense. I'm not. I may have to rethink how I go about that position. We'll get into that another day. The Hunter Biden payments, how Hunter Biden, James Biden, who's the brother of Joe Biden, Haley Biden, and um, uh, an unknown fourth Biden. There's an unknown fourth Biden, although there is a Sarah Biden who also got paid. They received $1.3 million in payments related to the biden family business associate by the name of rob walker who had like seven bucks in his bank account and the next thing you know he gets a three million dollar wire transfer from a chinese energy company and the next thing you know a million plus is going to some guy who's got a relationship with who hunter biden was this a payoff was this for access access to what what happened next what if What of it is related to when joe biden was in office either as vice president or president what did barack obama know and when did he know it dude these biden's i will tell you what these biden's put your ordinary usda choice crime family to complete and total shame man i mean damn very impressive work super impressive what did they know and when did they know it this is an investigation that is absolutely worthwhile and has to happen find everything tonycats.locals.com happy st patrick's day monday everyone take care